2: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in Saint Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas, and for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net
4: shine baby whenever you smile but i
2: to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable, as well as Ustream. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address, exxon at TV.com on MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at hotmail.com, and our website www.exonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Robert Lamar and uh, Robert has been a full-time entertainer since 1991. He initially specialized in con- in the conjuring arts, turning his focus in 1996 to what he likes to call psychological illusionary, Uh, that is, mentalism, hypnotism, and memory training. During the same year, Robert created a theatrical presentation of stage hypnotism that he called Theater of the Mind, a theatrical concert that he still presents to this very day, ExoNation. Always having an interest in things of a paranormal, parapsychological, and pseudoscientific nature, or both from a skeptical and critical thinking standpoint, Robert decided to channel his interest last year into the project he calls Skeptrix. Through a series of lectures and a website, Skeptrix teaches people how to develop or enhance their critical thinking skills by learning how to think like a uh, conjurer. His website's www.robertlamar.ca and www.skeptricks.com that's s k e p t r i c k s .com joining us from Halifax Nova Scotia is Robert Lamar Robert welcome back to the X Zone
3: well, Thank you very much I really appreciate it It's
2: always great talking to you Robert uh, tell me how did you develop an interest in the conjuring arts
3: Well probably like like most magicians uh started at a very young age I was mm-hmm. around 5 when a friend's father made a dime disappear, and he later found it behind my ear. Now, I I found out later that uh, he was not a magician, and it was probably a a very stupid, simple trick that, that he performed, but the bottom line was that it fooled me, and it really captured my attention. And just as things happened at the time, they were advertising on television later that year a TV magic kit, Mm -hmm. put out by a magician from Illinois by the name of Marshall Brodeen. Oh, yeah. And I happened to receive one of those kits for Christmas, probably like tens of thousands of other youths throughout North America. Uh, Mine, however, didn't end up under the bed or in my closet. Uh, I actually became quite quite, quite entranced with it, uh, learned a couple of the tricks, and just kind of developed from there.
2: And the rest is, as they say, history.
3: As they say, yes.
2: Robert, you and I have to take our commercial break. We'll be right back in 2 minutes that is no tricks no conjuring no sleight of hand just a simple fact this is the Exxon on the talkstar radio network Exxon broadcast network uk high definition radio euro high definition and of course star cable and you stream now we'll be back on the other side of this 2 minute break with robert lamar www.robertlamar.ca and www. all right you ready for this one skeptrix.com We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away.
4: You've gone away. Oh, star
0: we all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them.
1: And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Have you heard about HazelineGuns.com, the best firearms dealer in the D.C. area? Buying a firearm online from HazelineGuns.com is secure, easy, and cost-effective with no transfer fees and only a $25 state processing fee. Discounts available for active law enforcement, first responders, and military personnel at HazelineGuns.com, where every day is like Black Friday. What are you waiting for? Visit HazelineGuns.com today. That's H-A-Z-E-L-I-N-E-G-U-N-S.com.
2: Robert Lamar is my special guest this hour, Nation. And uh, Robert, besides uh, an interest in magic and the conjuring arts, uh, how did you develop your interest and your love for hypnotism?
3: Uh, When I was 12, uh, I was invited by our neighbor to attend a concert that was put on by Peter Ravine, who was a very famous Australian hypnotist that used to tour Canada, and he toured Canada very successfully for... Uh, for 35 years uh, mm-hmm. prior to retiring, and I, I was just captivated. I was just amazed at what I what I had saw, and I didn't know anything about hypnotism at the time. Again, I was only 12, but I was just so entranced by, by Ravine himself and his persona on stage and just the whole show. And what I did the next day was I went into the school library, and they happened to have one book on hypnosis, and I took it out and I attempted to read it but I just couldn't wrap my head around a lot of the concepts so my my interest kind of faded and it was several years later when we moved to my present location here in in uh, in Halifax Nova Scotia that I had the chance to see ravine again and that rekindled my interest in in hypnotism and at my high school they happened to have two books on hypnosis of which by that point in time I could understand what was being said And I started uh, experimenting on my friends uh, in the basement of my parents' home. And that's kind of where it started. And and I used to put on shows when I was in grade 11 and 12. Uh, I used to put on shows in the AV room after school. Uh, We were allowed to go in there for about an hour. And typically, it would be anywhere from about 20 to 30 students that would come in. And uh, after about an hour, the janitor would come in and kick us out because he'd have have to clean the place. And uh, I did that throughout grade 11 and 12, probably about two two to three times a week. And it continued a little bit into uh, university as well.
2: All right, so here we've got, you're totally involved in conjuring and magic. You're totally involved in hypnosis. Where does the love for the paranormal come from, or the interest in the paranormal?
3: Well, I think like most people, especially when you're younger, you tend to be fascinated by the whole subject matter, whether it's mm-hmm. ghosts or UFOs or Bigfoot. Um, I mean, I still have a number of books that I received when I was a youth, that I had purchased through the Scholastic program in school, that had to do with, had to deal with, uh, uh, you know, monsters and UFOs, etc., in and the, the Bermuda Triangle. Right. And I, my 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 turn as far as becoming skeptical of that stuff was was aided by a fellow Canadian conjurer. By the name of James Randi, which I'm sure most people no. are familiar with, the Amazing Randi, and of course, Randi is a, is a skeptic and very much of a critical thinker when it comes to things of a paranormal nature. Um, so that's that's where it started, and uh, picked up a couple of James Randi's books, and kind of followed his lead. And of course, James Randi picked up where Harry Houdini left off, because mm-hmm. uh, Houdini really was the first magician that uh, that became. I guess what you would call an active skeptic when it came to things of a, of a paranormal nature.
2: Speaking about the paranormal, Rob, have you ever experienced anything of a paranormal, parapsychological, or pseudoscientific nature?
3: I'm being very honest when I say, unfortunately, no. I would love to. There's, there's nothing more I would love to experience mm-hmm. than whether it would be seeing a ghost or some type of cryptozoological animal Um, seeing an unidentified flying object, I'd love to have the experience, but uh, I've done quite a bit of investigative work just on my own, just as a a hobby. Right. And I've talked with a lot of people that have apparently witnessed such things, but I myself have not had that experience. I'm open to the possibility that that some of these things exist, but uh, to date I have not seen anything that, that would convince me yet.
2: All right, then let me ask you this, Robert. Why do you think so many people believe or want to believe in the paranormal?
3: I think, uh, I think generally people are looking for something kind of outside of this world. Uh, I mean, when, when you start asking the big questions, you know, why are we here? How did we get here? You know, that really delves you in, into the mysterious. And I think it's very easy to fall into, and I'm, I'm using this word loosely, the, you know, mm-hmm. the trap of, of being lured by, by the paranormal. Because there is so much about this world and this universe that we do not know. Um, but I think what happens sometimes is that people that claim to have uh, abilities or, or who have seen things or have apparently witnessed things, it's very easy to actually fool yourself. Um, our, our minds are complex machines, and they can be fooled very, very easily. And that's not to say that a person who is fooled is you know, stupid or, or dumb or they're not smart or they're not intelligent. That's not the case at all. It's just we all have the ability of being fooled, of being taken in, of being tricked, whether it's uh, take an optical illusion, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you look at, when you look at something that's an optical illusion, it, it certainly appears real, but it's not. Now, people tend not to believe optical illusions because they're presented as such. It is an optical illusion. But put yourself in a situation, for example, you're out in the desert and you see an oasis. That's a form of optical illusion. But when you're in that setting, it can seem very, very real.
2: And yet, people will take the. The optical illusion in the desert realize that it is only an optical illusion, except a scientific explanation for it. But when it comes to the paranormal, oh no, it's real.
3: Exactly. I think one of the biggest examples is you have people, I think a lot of people have experienced something like this, where, for example, they have a dream one night, a very vivid dream, let's say, of a horrific accident, let's say a plane crash. Right and they wake up the next day, and perhaps it's the, the following day or maybe a couple of days later, there there's a plane crash that's reported that is very, very similar to what they had dreamed. Mm-hmm. Now, that can, that can have a very powerful experience on a person and make them think that they perhaps have some type of psychic ability where they're able to, to see things that are going to happen in the future. Now, If you want to test something like that scientifically, what you would have to do is you would have to record every single dream that you have over a period of time, and how many of those dreams actually come true. So, you you know, you might might have a thousand dreams, 990 don't come true, 10 come true. Well, is that just the odds of something happening? Is that just coincidence, or is that something that's of a paranormal nature? Well, I think... You know, once once you approach it that way, mm-hmm. I think it kind of uh, takes this whole concept of having having premonitions, and it, it kind of knocks it down a few pegs.
2: What do you think about those people who who believe that they have the ability to tell the future or to communicate with those who have passed to the other side? Uh, all right, psychics, mediums, channelers. What's what's your take?
3: Well, I think there's two different, uh, two different types of people within those groups. Uh, one type I get very, very angry over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, I don't. The vast majority of people, I think, are just, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, but I, I think it's just a case of being self-deluded. Um, as we talked about here just a moment, uh, just a moment ago about, uh, about having dreams, the dreams. People can have things that happen that apparently seem to be real. Uh, it seems like that they do possess some some power and, and they truly believe it. But when it's analyzed, you know if they would be analyzed scientifically, it's, it's just not the case. However, there is a small segment of people that call themselves psychics that are simply their scam artists, they're frauds. And those people really upset me because they' they're preying on the innocent. They're preying on people that might be emotionally distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you take some of the uh, the big psychics and, and people that talk to the dead that are in the marketplace today. Every, everybody from Sylvia Brown to right. uh, James von Pra. I don't know how they live with themselves. Especially I, I when, don't when know how they do it.
2: Especially when they charge so much money to to.
3: to well, Sylvia Brown seven hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for a twenty minute reading.
2: I know it's ridiculous.
3: And, and you know and, what? And, here in Canada,
2: cheaper. here in Canada, telling fortunes for a consideration which is money or property is against the law. It's in the Criminal Code of Canada.
3: Well, I was shocked. That we had an incident that happened, uh, uh, actually, it was just down the street from where I live, um, at the elementary school that my kids went to mm-hmm. just uh, three, four years ago. Um, a good friend of ours and a, a school teacher, she was actually my daughter's teacher in grade three, her body was found in the trunk of her car oh, God. Uh, at the schoolyard on December 28th of 2005. And the case is still not solved. And I, I know, you know, I've known her sisters for a number of years. Mm-hmm. About three months after the fact, once you know things kind of settled down a bit, uh, I was on the telephone with, uh, with the, one of the sisters, and we were talking for it was close to three hours. And she had informed me at the time, that she had been contacted by a number of psychics that wanted to help for a fee to solve the crime.
2: For a fee.
3: For a fee to solve the crime. So anyways, I had a number of contacts uh, that are quote-unquote psychics, so I didn't want her to pursue, you know, waste her money on that. So what I did was I, I contacted, there was a, a lady that I I don't know really well that I knew of, that was mm-hmm. in the state of Washington and somebody else that was over in uh, um, Slovenia. And all I gave them were the very basics of the case. And both came back with two completely different
2: yeah. outcomes. You know what really ticks me off is we had a psychic on the show. And, uh, and you know, his name is Robbie Thomas. He came yep, on the yep. show, and, and he told us that he was working on a missing girl uh, that was in Woodstock, Ontario, going back a couple of years, that she was going to be found alive and well. Mm-hmm. She was found dead.
3: Yeah, i fair with that case. It, it's terrible. It I, I, I don't know how somebody like like him, he, uh, how he can live with himself.
2: Neither do I, but you know what? You and I have to take our break. Please stand by, Robert. Great having you back with us here in the Exo. Exonation. Nation, you. Robert Lamar is his name, www.robertlamar.ca, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-A-M-A-R.ca, and skeptics.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. www.exoneradiotv.com is our special guest, www.robertlamar.ca and www.skeptrix.com. In, in all fairness, Rob, you know, we, we were talking about the dark side of some psychics, and yet there's there are psychics like Annette Martin, who we've had on the show a number of times. She has been used by the FBI. She has been used by different city and state law enforcement agencies that without her help arrests and convictions would not have been done. How do we explain
3: that? Well, see, the first thing I would do is I would actually like to contact specifically those law enforcement agencies Mm -hmm. and and talk with the officers themselves to see exactly uh, what, if any, help was was provided by by the psychic. Because when that has been done, in a lot of cases... Mm -hmm. The the stories just don't match.
4: Well,
2: she was even uh, she was the very first psychic to be sworn in as a psychic in a court case, a criminal court case, and her testimony was used uh, by the prosecution in the case.
3: Right. I'd have to. I. I I won't comment Mm -hmm. on her specifically because I just don't know anything about her.
2: But, I, but but I know I, I know um, Sylvia Brown I know Robbie Thomas and the list goes okay. on and on and on. You know, to me, I, I ask the same question: How can you live with yourself? How can you actually go on tour, and, and and try and suck other people in? Number one, to paying to see you. Number two, to sit down and get readings from you. I, I don't understand it.
3: Well, when, when when I watch like James Bond prom mm-hmm. or uh, John Edwards, yeah. I mean, it just it just makes me cringe how they, could, they are the worst cold readers, and that's, that's basically a technique that magicians use, that mentalists have used for, for um, well over 100 years uh, to perform, quote-unquote, tricks. Tricks where they can apparently tap into the thoughts of individuals, but it's a trick. Uh, these individuals are using those same techniques, but in a, in a very poor, pathetic way, but yet they are bilking people, left, right, and center, and people believe what they have to say. Well, wasn't have somebody like—I'm uh, sorry—wasn't
2: wasn't John Edwards exposed by ABC News a number of years ago?
3: No, but he's still going strong. Yeah, I, I don't
2: understand it, Robert. I pe- really pe- don't understand people,
3: it. People want to believe. It, mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's, it's like trying to uh, sink a rubber duck. Yeah, you might get it underwater for a minute, but it's it's going to pop right back up again. The classic example is uh, televangelist Peter Popoff.
2: Oh my lord! There's a good one.
3: You know, uh, he's still on the air today. In fact, mm-hmm. it was just two years ago he brought in more money in one year than what he brought in the year that he was he was exposed and he had to shut his ministry down.
2: Well, didn't the same thing happen to to Jimmy and Tammy Baker? That you know they had their you know he had his little. Uh, affair, and, you know, the ministry was shut down, it came back stronger. Look at, um, what's the other guy I'm thinking of? Uh, Jimmy Swagger. the same
3: thing. Yeah, in their cases, though, they were not claiming that they were healing people. No, that's true. Uh, I digress. You, know, you still might You still might look at them, and you might, you know, look at them as, as being a bit disp- despicable. Mm-hmm. But unlike Peter Popoff, Peter Popoff was making claims that God was talking directly to him that he was, that God was giving him information about the people that were attending his revival meetings, that there's no way that Peter could know unless God actually gave him the information, and he was, quote-unquote, healing people. I and, you. It, you know, James Randi had exposed him completely, how he was doing it. You know, he had a he had a small earpiece that, that yeah. mentalists sometimes use in his mm-hmm. ear, and his wife was transmitting to him in a in a, an eighteen wheeler tractor trailer, in behind the auditoriums all the pertinent information. How did they get that information? Well, they got the information as people were coming in to the into the forum, just by mingling and talking with you. Oh, hi, how are you? What's your name? Oh, are you from around here? You know what are you here for? You know, I I, I was here. You know, Peter Paupas a great guy. He, he I had a sore knee back a couple of years ago, and he healed it. And people will just give up information, and all this information is recorded, and that information was then fed to Peter, so it made it look like that you know God was giving him all this information. Do you and think it was fully exposed on on uh, Johnny Carson's The Tonight Show? Do you Completely think that? Exposed.
2: Do you think that? That that the fact that these people go and they come back, and as you said, they're stronger when they come back. Is that a flaw in society, or is that a flaw in our judicial system?
3: I think people just, they they really want to believe so badly, and also there is a big flaw in the judicial system. There's no doubt about it. I mean, these, these people are scamming people. They are seriously harming people. I mean, I can tell you stories about Benny Hinn, who's probably the biggest in the world today, and some of the things that he does,
2: such and as. Has been, All right, you've got my exposed. you've got my interest here. So so you just can't me lead me up the hill halfway and say, "Come on, let's go back." Well, down. It, it,
3: it, it has been recorded that um, what they what they do, and this, mm-hmm. this is fairly common with uh, with most of these faith healers, but it's a it's, it's a very egregious practice with uh, with Benny Hinn. When he calls people forward that want to be healed, he has screeners prior to people getting up to the stage, and they question people. And when you see a parent, and, and this has been recorded, when you see a, a parent holding a child that has, let's say, cerebral palsy or mm-hmm. you know, some severe ailment, and you can tell the parents are just, I mean, they, they've lost all hope. Yeah. And they believe, they truly believe that this is their one last hope, that, that Benny Hinn or any of these other faith healers can actually heal their son and make their son quote-unquote normal, make him healthy. Mm-hmm. And when they can't even get past the screeners, the screeners will not allow them to step on the stage. Why is that? I
2: because, don't know.
3: Because they know that Benny Hinn cannot cure their son. You will never see somebody... That has that is a serious ailment mm-hmm. up on the stage to
2: be healed. Yeah, you know, like I, I've had intuitive healers on the show who have made all these claims that they've, you know, they can cure cancer, they can do this, they can do that. And I ask them point blank, well, why don't you go into the hospitals and cure people? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, that to me that would be a very simple way of proving yourself.
3: It, it, it all comes down to like I said, that there are some people that call themselves healers that mm-hmm. really believe. they that they have some power right and those are just people I'd say that they're just unfortunate They're just self deluded and again I don't mean that in a negative sense Mm -hmm. but they've just kind of convinced themselves that they have the ability but it's the people that are just outright frauds that know they're defrauding people I mean you you look at the lifestyle that Benny Hinn lives I mean he is a multi multi multi-millionaire and how many people has he actually healed
2: but wait a sec, we can say the same thing about the Vatican.
3: Well, yeah, don't even get me started there. <laughs>
2: you know, we, we can talk about each and every established religion and philosophy.
3: Oh, no, exactly, exactly. And, and the thing is, and, and nowadays science is such a bad word, and I find it very ironic because people love their cell phones, people mm-hmm. love their televisions, people love their microwave ovens, people love their air conditioning They love everything that science has to give them, except when it when it uh, looks at some of their deep felt beliefs.
2: Well, that's because for for any
3: of these for any of these faith healers, Mm -hmm. it would be very easy to set up a repeatable scientific experiment to see whether or not they actually possess the powers they possess. But why won't these people be tested?
2: Because they why don't they, possess, said, because they don't possess the powers that they claim they do.
3: Exactly. I mean, you know, just what you said about going to a hospital. Yeah. If if they have that ability, then why wouldn't you do that? And uh, I get very, I, I get very angry, mm-hmm. very upset with. Uh, again, I'm talking with the people that that know that they're frauds.
2: All right. Now let, let's just. I I, I want to ask you this question because I I think it fits into the same category whenever you talk to people about hypnosis they get excited Mm -hmm. about past life regression yes what is that and is it real or is it the person's very own uh inner imagination that's at work
3: yeah it's, it's it's not real at all i mean there's so much that can go on with the uh depending on how the hypnotist the the way that suggestions are given the way the suggestions are worded um I mean, hypnosis used to be used in a court of law Mm -hmm. to hypnotize witnesses and have them testify in a court to kind of relive the crime scene. Yeah, And that's not allowed anymore. That's against the law because what they have found out scientifically is that there's no way of telling what a person is saying under hypnosis whether or not it's any more true than if they're not in a state of hypnosis. So this past life therapy stuff, I mean, it all started with a case um, back in the 40s and 50s, the Brady Murphy case. And, you know, people bought into it. I mean, it's very attractive. But it's just amazing how many of these cases, when when you read into them, how many people, when they're they're taken back into, quote-unquote, previous lives, they've all been somebody famous, somebody of importance. And, you you know, you might think, well, it's all just in fun, and how can you really be harmed by this? Well, I have a documented case of a woman down in the States. Uh, she was in her 40s when she was having some deep psychological problems, mm-hmm. some serious problems. And what she ended up doing, rather than going to her family doctor, she went to uh, some past life therapists. And they took her back into, into her previous lives. And what they discovered was back, oh, I don't know how many, it was many, many lives previous She had been a slave owner, and she had a lot of young boys that were slaves, and she had physically and sexually abused these boys. Now, in today's life, the reason why she was having psychological problems was because when she was uh, younger, when she was a young girl, she was physically and sexually abused by her father, and she had repressed a lot of those memories. She, she didn't um, seek help at that time. Right. So it was all starting to come out now when she was in her 40s. So what happened was this, this therapist, and I'll, I'll put the word therapist in quotes, in discovering that she used to um, have slaves, slaves that she physically and sexually abused, it just so happened that one of those slaves that she abused was her father in today's life. So because she had abused her father in a previous life, her father was paying her back for what she did to him. Oh, brother. Now, you tell me that's healthy? Uh, no. No, not at all.
2: But what about these, uh, you know, I, I, Bud Hopkins, for example, He uh, he's uh-huh. an artist turned... Hypnotist, and uh, you know, he does uh, hypnotic regression on people who claim to have been abducted by aliens. Yes. Once again, is well, see, this
3: people, go, people going into that situation? They know exactly what type of information that that's you know, Bud is looking for. They have, they have a specific quote unquote problem, mm-hmm. which is they believe that they have been abducted by aliens. So the scene basically has been pre-set. And when a person is, and I hate using the word hypnosis because it's, it's just not what most people think it is, but there's, we don't have another term. But when a person is in that state of hypnosis, they're they're not in a deep sleep. They are not in a trance state. It's been shown that the trance state does not exist. Rather, a person is more awake than anything. And uh, when you're relaxed, your imagination can actually run wild and run free. And especially if your imagination is urged on, by the questions that the hypnotist is is giving you, it can create quite an interesting scenario. Wow! But it doesn't mean it's real.
2: So, what happens uh, physiologically when someone is hypnotized?
3: Nobody can agree on on an actual definition. I mean, it, it it has been approved by the American Medical Association as a as a modality, a healing modality, but. As far as its effectiveness, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it can help minimally with, with some people. But the way I like to describe it is that uh, the state of hypnosis is simply it's a highly focused state of attention. And the best way to describe it or illustrate it would be take two people that are sitting on a, on a park bench on a busy street, and they both have books. And you'll have one person open up their book and will read the first line and then a police car zooms by. So what do they do is they, they look up and they you know, find out what's going on Then they go back to the book they have to reread that first line and then they hear a baby crying somewhere and then there's a dog barking and they're continuously distracted in other words they, they're having a hard time focusing on the book whereas the other person sitting on that same park bench under those same circumstances it's almost like they're in the privacy of their own home that they're totally engrossed in their book. Now the question is does that person hear the police car? hear the baby crying, hear the dog barking? Well, of course they do. You, you can't stop your hearing. But why aren't they responding to it? Well, because it's not important to them. What they're doing is they're focusing all their attention as best as they can mm-hmm. on their task at hand, which is they want to read the book. They want to absorb what's in the book.
2: You and I have to take our final break, Robert. Please stand by. Always great having you here with us in the X Zone. Robert Lamar is our special guest, www.robertlamar.ca and skeptrix.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the x wraps up for today. And today's date is Thursday, July the 8th. Some parts of Canada, it is still, as well as the parts of the United States, Wednesday, July the 7th. We'll be back. Don't go away. Robert Lamar is our special guest at this hour, ExoNation, www.robertlamar.ca and www.skeptrix.com. Robert, if hypnosis really doesn't work, why are there hypnotherapists and why do people go to them for everything from personality disorders to quitting smoking, eating disorders... And other psychological problems. What's really happening, then? Is it the person's own willpower that is making them stop? And it I don't understand it.
3: it, it it's just, that, I mean, it, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just, uh, it doesn't work the way most people believe that it, that it works. You know, the old uh, stereotypical swinging a pen, uh, uh, pocket watch right, in front yeah. of a person's eyes and they become uh, in what I like, like to call the Hollywood trance state. Mm-hmm. All it is is just trying to get people to react to suggestion for example when you go to attend a movie if you want to really experience the movie you have to suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. and if you do that when there's a scary scene what happens you get goosebumps on your skin and and you get a little scared your your heart starts beating or when inside. something scary
2: happens you happens you jump in your seat
3: exactly yeah. now if you analyze what's going on you realize it's not real it's just actors it's it's the scene it's the music that's playing it's the lighting it's the special effects that create an atmosphere that make it seem real and you're buying into it at that time well it's the same thing with hypnosis is you're just buying into the concept of of relaxing and, and listening to the suggestions of the hypnotist the person is in full control however and and that's that's why um for example hypnosis has been used in childbirth quite a bit now i've never given birth myself personally i don't know what it's like but by talking with my wife it's quite painful. Yes. And and hypnosis can help some individuals to ease the pain. Mm. And all they're doing is through the guidance of the hypnotist is to direct their attention not at the pain that's taking place but try to focus all their attention elsewhere. For example, you know, imagine that they're they're, they're laying on a beach in Jamaica and, and and literally like feeling the sun beating down and and, and the sand between your toes and under your body. And the so whole it's, a, it's a
2: redirection of attention.
3: That, that's it. Now, they'll still feel the pain, but mm-hmm. it will not be as intense if a person is able to redirect their focus. That's all it is. They're in full control. The hypnotist has no power, no control over the person whatsoever. And when I, when I hear a lot of hypnotists especially use the term the trance state, mm-hmm. I just cringe because there's been no scientific proof that the trance state actually exists.
2: Is that why most people look at hypnosis as a pseudo-effect?
3: Some people do, definitely, and I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. You know, you you should look at everything skeptically. You should question everything.
2: Hey, Robert, we've just run out of time. Hate to do this to you, buddy. We'll have you back on in the near future to talk more about this fascinating topic. Great having you with us, Robert. Take care of yourself. Congratulations on Theater of the Mind and all the other great things that you're up to. And uh, take care of yourself in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. Well, thank you very much. You do a great job. I love your show. Thanks, partner. Exonation, Nation, Robert Lamar, www.robertlamar.ca and www.skeptrix.com. Well, that's it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we meet here in the X Zone. Take care of each other, love your children, and as I always say, please, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now.
4: Closing time. You don't have to go home.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your
1: sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a Sausage McMuffin, Sausage Biscuit, Sausage Burrito, or Hash Browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.